0: If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly.
1: Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're going to talk about the recession that we were going to say, is it coming or isn't it? And I think it is. Joining me today is Brian Walsh. He is a manager with SoFi Financial. And Brian, back me up on this. Recession or not?
0: You know, it's tough to tell. I think it, as we kind of see it working one-on-one with people is it's certainly true that people are feeling pretty pep- pessimistic and worried. And we're, whether it's labeled a recession or not, we are working to really kind of plan ahead and how to shore up your finances so that way you can kind of make it through the other side with as little damage as possible.
1: Well, I think I'd like to clarify exactly what a recession is as far as the government is concerned, because a lot of us out there have felt like we've just been in a recession for the last 20 years. And if you're still living paycheck to paycheck, and now there's inflation, and it's making it even worse, and now you're having to decide, do I pay the electric bill this month so I can get groceries or not? For them, they may feel it's always been in a recession.
0: Yeah, that's correct. And I think from a technical perspective, it's looking at two consecutive quarters of negative GDP or overall kind of economic growth. And we have the negative quarter in the first quarter. And then we find out the second quarter numbers here in uh, about a month. So we can see kind of the, the technical if we're in a recession or not.
1: So the end of July, 1st of August, we'll know if we technically are in a recession.
0: Exactly. And I think the reason why I kind of go back to, okay, the whether or not we're in a recession or going to be in a recession in the next, let's say, year or so from a technical perspective, a lot of times that doesn't really matter when we're working one-on-one with people because even just looking at what people are Googling, uh, more people are Googling the term recession than at any point in history. And, and granted, Google hasn't been around for, for hundreds of years, but... Uh, Still, that's a pretty good sign that people are worried about it and are thinking about ways to manage their money differently.
1: With that said, I would like to know if there is a recession in the legal government sense of the word. If we get to that point where, yes, everybody's calling it recession, how do I prioritize where my money should go if I have any left at all?
0: yeah, I think that it, really the first thing that we're starting with is prioritizing your overall cash flow to begin with. For most people, it kind of your how you manage your cash flow, what you spend versus what you have coming in is really the starting stop, whether or not you're in a solid position. So we're typically going through assessing and I'm saying, if we're spending more than we make, we might have to make some more drastic cuts to spending. But if it's relatively close, then we're focusing on, I guess, low-hanging fruit or easier ways to, to cut expenses so we can really build our surplus as, as big as possible to give ourselves some, some breathing room and, and put money towards cash or pay down debt uh or even make investments while the market is down.
1: What I hear is if we have any money left over at all, even with this high inflation, you're feeling it should go into savings so that, or at least bulk up our savings so we can access it if things get worse?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because I think the, some recent stats came out where more than half of people are, are living paycheck to paycheck. And even people who make over $250,000 a year, 30% of those people are, are living paycheck to paycheck. And really the, the way to get out of living in that manner is by having one month's worth of cash set aside to serve as a safety net between something unexpected coming up and then really being forced to either be late on bills, miss bills, or go into credit card debt, which is only getting more expensive.
1: Unfortunately, interest rates are rising because the Fed is raising the interest rates. So it's not just mortgages, which a lot of people are fixated on is the mortgage rate went from 3% to 5.5% in just a few months. But the credit card interest is also going up.
0: Yeah, credit cards are really the area that probably worry me the most as a financial planner. Granted, no one wants mortgage rates to go up because it has a really big impact with how large mortgages are. But for people who have credit card debt right now, it really is kind of like a perfect storm facing them because interest rates are going up. But at the same time, you hit on it earlier, inflation is making everyday goods cost more. So everything's getting more expensive and interest is going up, which means more of your payments are going towards interest as you make credit card payments. And it really kind of has a snowball effect and is the reason why we're encouraging people to attack their credit card debt with any extra cash or even refinancing with a personal loan to get out from under it.
1: I hear that. I have been trying to advocate for certain items that you might normally put on a credit card to pay cash for right now. I think you should do it all the time, but if you, inflation is really impacting you, then buy the groceries with cash. Don't put it on your credit card because not only then do you have to pay the increased cost of food, but now when you go to the end of the month and go to pay off the credit card, you're paying more for interest if you can't pay it all off in that month.
0: Yeah, and I guess I would probably even take it a step further because what's interesting to me is research shows that how you pay for things actually impacts how much you spend. Because when you use a credit card or even a digital wallet, you feel less pain when you spend money because it's it's intangible and you don't see the bill for, let's say, a month later. So you just feel more pain versus if you use cash or even a debit card. Subconsciously, you kind of feel more pain, so you spend less money. And that goes as far as purchasing the very same item. Research shows that if you use a credit card, you will be willing to pay more for the exact same thing than if you use cash. So ditching the credit card and the digital wallet could just be a good practice across the board right now.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. But it's very hard if you are used to only doing credit cards in your digital wallet. So I usually recommend you don't have to go cold turkey. That would be great if you could. But start with the smaller items like the groceries and you're paying for your gas with cash as well. Just pick a couple of items that are easier to pay cash for and then you don't have to worry about paying additional interest if you put it on your credit card.
0: Exactly. And I think a debit card could be another one because, I mean, you kind of hit on the head where something, it's almost impossible to pay with, with cash these days. So even using a debit card, if you don't feel comfortable carrying around cash or, you know, you, you can't pay with cash, a debit card is another solution where it's money you actually have in your account. So that's, that's a win. So if you can't use cash, use a debit card. But either way, try to, try to avoid spending on credit cards and using digital wallets. If, especially if you are, are struggling with credit card debt or even you know, spending more than you make right now.
1: That is a good place to take a break. When we come back, we'll move on to what do we do about in our investments right now if we have a recession or even right now with inflation. So we'll be right back with Brian Wall. She is a manager with SoFi Financial. Welcome back to Money Making Sense show that it affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it. Today we're talking about a recession or not. It depends on who you talk to. Joining me today is Brian Walsh. He is a SoFi financial manager. And Brian, we're kind of going into how we prioritize our money in a recession. But I would argue, shouldn't we maybe be prioritizing that all the time, no matter if we have inflation and or a recession?
0: Yes, but at the same time, I think it, it becomes top of mind during challenging economic periods. And, and that's what's always been interesting to me from a, a financial planner point of view is a lot of the times our, our core advice or insight doesn't change. It's just how many people are interested in prioritize it really depends on, on the overall economic, economic climate.
1: We talked about really trying to sock away extra money, and you're saying at least a month's worth to just give you a cushion in case things get worse or you get sick or you're just not having income come in for a little bit. What about investments? And first of all, isn't an investment a type of savings? Why are we separating out savings and investments?
0: Yeah, so I guess you're right in the fact that when you put money in a savings account or a money market or anything like that, it is a, a form of investment, and really the, the way we approach things is it's important to understand what you're going to use the money for and when you're going to use it, because that should really determine what type of investment you use, whether it be a savings account or investing in the stock market or bonds, but they would all be different forms of, of kind of investing your money.
1: I think when most people hear about investments, they might think stock market or anything that isn't just a fixed rate, 0. 0.0002 interest rate on my savings account. I think anything other than that, a lot of people think of that as an investment.
0: Yeah, that that that's fair. And I think that, that's probably how most of the people that we interact with will, will think about it as well.
1: So then where should that priority be? First, you've said, OK, let's get at least a, a month's worth of savings in our account. And if we've got that and hopefully a little more, where do investments fall when we're in a recession?
0: So when it comes to investing in a recession or really any, any type of economic uncertainty, I, I think it's really important to take a step back and really zoom out to think about what's the long term goal with your money? And a lot of times people will respond emotionally when they see their account balances go down and they kind of view it as, okay, we lost this money. Well, if you need it and you have to sell when the, when it's down, then that would be losing the money. But for many people, when they invest, they're looking at these using this money decades from now. Um, so I think that's the biggest challenge is ignoring the noise that they see on their, on their iPhones, their Android and looking at their balances, seeing it go down, to keep that long-term perspective in place, even though it is kind of emotionally painful uh, to see your balance go down.
1: Yes, I have a perfect story for that. My, I've had this conversation with my stepfather a few times, and every time we've had huge dips in the stock market, including 2008, and now of course recently, he gets panicked, he's like, I've just lost all this money. The thing is, is he's been retired for almost 20 years now, and he stopped putting money into all these accounts back 2005 so when he stopped putting money in as far as like the stock market is concerned the stock market was sitting at eight or 9000 it's at 28000 now after losing 20% of its of its market's i would say even though the dow just recently lost 20% He himself personally has tripled his investment during the time he retired and now. So even if he cashed out right now, he would not be losing.
0: Exactly. And that's why if you think about investing in the stock market for the long term, it really is the way to build the greatest amount of wealth for for normal, everyday people. And it ends up being a necessity to, to achieving financial freedom and independence down the road. And one way that that we try to help people think about it is it really is a balancing act between risk and return. And when the market goes down, which it goes down on a regular basis, that uncertainty and that anxiety that you feel is really the price that's paid for that long-term growth and doubling, tripling, quadrupling your money over a long period of time.
1: And I would say the only people who have need of concern is possibly if they started investing very, very late in their career and have only had this last five or six years, even though we've had tremendous growth, they started when the stock market was already pretty high. And so they might be concerned if they're now retired and are trying to take out funds. That could be a slight concern. But I would say the people that are just starting now or even have another 20 years to go before they retire and are just getting into the stock market, now's a great time. Because 20 years from now, your money will have grown, as you said, because historically it always does.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's the power of making investing a habit to your point on if you have, let's say, 10, 20, 30 years before you're going to use this money, making it so you contribute like in your 401k, a certain amount, every paycheck or every month, then when the market's doing great, you'll just basically buy fewer number of shares. When the market's down, you buy more shares. So over the long term, it actually helps you um and that being said, saying that it's really easy to say that and i I know this inside and out, doing this for a long time now i still i i i have to avoid checking my 401 k balances because I hate seeing my money go down, so it really is a bit like a tug of war between like your head and your heart when it comes to this long term mindset for investing
1: yeah, for the 401 k or your i r a If you have no plans to access it for whatever reason, whether it's some people do pull out early, especially if they want to do a down payment on a house or something, but usually you don't do that on spur of the moment. So unless you are going to pull out of one of those accounts almost immediately or you or a few months from now, don't look at it until you're ready to retire because it doesn't matter what that balance is until you have to start drawing on it.
0: Yeah, and I think that is the power of having more of like an automated investing strategy for a lot of people, whether it's a, a managed account or let's say like a target date, date type of fund, you can kind of just set it and forget it. And then you really, you have that system in place. So then you have the freedom to, to ignore it and not lose sleep over it or be stressed about it, uh, which can be very, very impactful. Because if you look at the data between how the overall market does, and then how the average investor does, the average investor is actually probably less than half uh return of the overall market because human behavior and kind of making decisions to hop in and hop out can sometimes really be a powerful thing that gets in the way of, of earning returns.
1: Just put your money in, let it ride, don't worry about it. <laughs> We've got to take one more break. We'll be right back with Brian Walsh. He is a manager at SoFi Financial. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about things to think about because we are about to come up into recession, I believe. My guest, Brian Walsh, he's uh, being a bit more coy and says we still have to wait and see. Brian is the manager with SoFi Financial. Brian, we have been discussing where we feel people should be putting any money they may have left over. And right now I know a lot of people don't because of inflation and they were already living paycheck to paycheck before inflation started. So if anybody has any extra money, Put it in savings first until you reach a certain goal, and then maybe start putting more money into investments. But how exactly should people deal? Most people call it a budget, and I hate that because it sounds like a diet, and nobody likes diets. So how should people figure out how to allocate their money to do these savings and
0: investments Yeah, it's funny you bring up that no one really likes the concept of budgeting and that's that's the same thing that we see. So a lot of times we just try to figure out different ways that we can kind of nudge people into spending less money and then figuring out what to do with that money. And I think one of the easiest ways is looking at subscriptions because subscriptions have really kind of taken hold over the last few years. And I was reading a survey last week, I think it was from CNBC, And it said that more than half of people actually underestimate how much they spend on subscription by at least $100 a month. And like $100 a month is a lot of money to underestimate by, especially when you think of like, hey, gas prices, if they go up by a dollar a gallon, the average person is spending like 55, 60 bucks a month more in gas. So I agree. I don't like higher gas prices, but if you can review all of your subscriptions, which ones aren't you using immediately cut those out because that's just basically throwing money away. And then even the ones that you're using, seeing which ones are actually necessary. And that's a really easy way to shave off a decent amount of money every single month without even really kind of changing your lifestyle all that much.
1: I have done that in a couple of areas. I had a, one of those streaming apps. (laughs) I had it for two years. And when I went back to review like what I was watching on this streaming app, I think I'd seen like six shows in two years. And (laughs) it was insane. So I canceled that one. Also a big one, which, you know, I may get some hate mail for this, but it's the Amazon Prime subscription. Unless you're using Amazon to actually watch movies, most people that I know use it because they like the free shipping. But almost everything that you order on there has an option for free shipping. You just have to wait five days instead of getting it in two. But it's still free shipping.
0: You know, it's it's funny you bring up Amazon Prime. And I think I, I would want Prime or any form of online shopping into, I think another challenge that people have with budgeting and spending money is impulse purchases. And I realized this myself during the pandemic, my my wife finally called me out on it. She was like, Brian, we do not need all this random stuff that you keep on ordering with to buy on Prime. And I realized this is going on with a lot of people. So maybe even a waiting period before you buy the good, even before you wait a few extra days for it to get delivered, that's going to prevent people from making impulse purchases. So it could be a day, it could be two days, it could be a week. Just having it sit in your cart before you click buy can just help you not buy those things that you ultimately don't need.
1: Or even Amazon has a save for later function. Like you stick it in your cart and then you go to the cart and it says, oh, save this for later. So do that so it's there to remind you if you want to, but then walk away. Like you said, go get go get dinner, go to the PTA meeting, whatever it is, and then figure out if it's still like this overriding hunger for whatever is still in your cart.
0: Exactly. And I think what's funny is I've noticed at least my save for later just consistently grows. And I don't think I'm neglecting anything major by not buying those things, but it is reducing how much I'm spending month in and month out. And I think at this time especially, every little bit adds up. Um, So if it's 50 bucks that you save here and there, that can really add up over the course of a year.
1: Now, Brian, I'm kind of busy. I work three or four jobs because of inflation. I've had to pick up extra stuff to pay for things. And now you want me to spend time going through and reviewing all these subscriptions. Isn't there like an automated way to do that?
0: There is. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny. I think so far and a lot of times I've been talking about the dangers of technology, making it easier to spend money and easier to buy things. But Technology can also help you stay on top of your money. So what you can do is you can use a budgeting app. You can use a personal finance app. SoFi, for example, has one, um, plenty of options out there that basically allow you to see everything you're spending, what you're spending it on, different ways that you can reduce, you know, your expenses, things like that from the palm of your hand. Because going back to your point, the more time you have to spend on doing something, the less likely it is to actually happen. So the more you can use technology for those types of things, the better off you're going to be.
1: I've explored a little bit in the SoFi financial app and it, it's pretty good. I haven't gotten on board with it yet just because I have other apps I've already been using, but there are lots of them out there. I think it depends on where you are in your journey on taking control of your finances. Some are better suited to beginners and some are already stark at the highest level of finance and you may want to avoid some of those, but it just depends on where you are in your
0: journey. Yeah, that I 110% agree with that because I think just like there's no one way to budget, there's no one financial tool that's going to be better than the rest and if you need super in-depth details, then you should pick the approach that works for you. If you need it to be easy and quick and keep you on track, there's an approach. Um, and I think it's about kind of matching up your personality with the tools and the approach that you use to, to manage your finances.
1: I do try to explore a lot of the different apps out there. And so far, what I've seen about SoFi, I think it could be a good one for definitely beginners and, and intermediate probably the the higher range, but I haven't gotten that far yet. I think SoFi can be a good one for if you're trying to figure out what to do.
0: Yeah. And I think uh for me, I guess the, the reason why I work at SoFi is the same as why I joined four years ago. Um, I think there's a lot of power in offering like great financial products, like checking savings accounts with great APY and all that other stuff. But if people don't know what to do, then it doesn't matter how good the products are. So there's tons of great uh, blogs, articles, videos. You can learn about personal finances. There's access to the team that I lead. People can talk to a financial planner. Stuff like that um, is really where I think it it, it probably is, is best suited for people to kind of not only figure out what are the things that can help me make better decisions by money, but flat out what decisions should I make based on my situation.
1: Yeah. We're at the end of the show, but is there anything else you feel listeners should know? about savings or or allocating their money or whether, I because I think this advice you've been giving works whether we are in a recession or not, but is there anything specific to a recession you may want to advise?
0: Yeah, I, I think really I, we're encouraging people to avoid taking on additional debt for things that aren't necessities right now, given the uncertain climate. So if you're planning on doing a, a random project, like myself, I mean, we wanted to finish our patio, that's not a necessity. So taking on debt to do that just adds risk going into an uncertain time. So maybe it's about taking a little bit of risk off the table uh by delaying things, given the uncertainty that we're experiencing right now.
1: Thank you so much, Brian Ralsh. Again, you are with SoFi Financial, and you're a manager, so you have a lot of experience in this, talking with clients And hopefully we've helped people understand a little bit more about what to expect in a recession. And this can actually be good if you are trying to get into investments.
0: Exactly. And I really appreciate the opportunity to to come on and talk today
1: thanks for listening you can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com that's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com and because this is money making sense you can subscribe for free on spotify overcast apple podcast anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast and you'll never miss another episode
0: thanks for being a money making sense listener Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.